G'day punters, welcome back to the Exotic Punters Podcast. It's been a huge week of racing, lots to talk about. Once again, joined by my co-host, Darby Waldron. Darbs, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, Angus. It's uh, an unfamiliar territory for us, of course. Normally, at the end of the Cup week, we're, we're pretty much done and dusted for Group 1 racing. But uh, in Victoria, of course, that is. But the change is brought in by uh, Racing Victoria. We've now got to the 1,000 guineas and the Sir Rupert Clark. Uh, being held at Caulfield on the weekend. So um, the fun keeps going, uh, and uh, I think it's a good move. I think it keeps interest in the punters, and obviously we'll see what the crowd is like on Saturday at Caulfield, which will justify whether it was the right move or not. Yeah, I like the changes as well, Darby. As you said, keeps people interested in, uh, in the industry when I guess the industry is at its peak. Uh, so I think hopefully we get a big turnout Caulfield on Saturday and, uh, you know, it's a positive change for racing. But, uh, you know, we've also got the Hunter as the uh, pop-up race up in Sydney as well um, at Newcastle. Which, uh, bit of interest in that race as well, a few different form lines. Um, but we'll touch base on, uh, you know, what was Cup Week last week. It was a big week of racing, um, you know, obviously lots of Group 1 winners. Uh from your perspective, having been there on race day, uh, on stakes day, tell us a bit about that, Darby, and how was your experience? Well, look, it's very weather dependent, I suppose, um, you know, when you go to the races. And we had perfect weather both days. I went Derby Day and stakes day. So we're certainly blessed in that perspective. Um, and, you know, the day themselves were great. From a punting perspective, it was tricky. You know, there weren't a lot of favourites winning. We did find a couple, of course, and Peritrees and Schwartz certainly helped. Um, but it was, well, God, I loved it. It was, it was just, the crowds were at a good rate. They weren't, you know, massive. Um, you know, you could get around, I felt, but not be sort of, it wasn't devoid of atmosphere. It was, you know, the, the lawn was absolutely packed. Um, but the pricing's too expensive, certainly for food and drinks. I, I feel they have to certainly look into that. Um, because, you know, looking at the crowd, you know, the demographic, a lot of it was students and younger people. And it would have been a really expensive day out for them. So that's certainly something that they probably should look out for going forward because you can see Racing Victoria certainly trying to target their audience towards a younger um, demographic. Um, and a big issue there was just pricing. But it seemed like a lot of people having a lot of fun. I certainly did. It was great days out. And um, I recommend anyone who hasn't been to, uh, to make an appearance next year. It's certainly the premier week for racing in this country. Yeah, it is a cracking week. You touched on the pricing, mate. Um, and, you know, I, I spoke to you and uh, read a few threads on Twitter. And it just seems like uh, that, you know, I guess the VRC are kind of taking a piss with it. And it looks like it's going down the path that going to the races is, isn't going to be affordable for, I guess, the target audience that, uh, you know, we want to bring into racing. Being that, as you said, that student background uh, and that younger audience, and even for your uh, people with full-time jobs, it's you were saying $11 for a beer is just, you know, absurd. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely got to change and, you know, to bring that new audience into racing. Otherwise, you may as well sit at home and watch the races and buy a slab and call it a day. Exactly. And speaking of sitting at home, it's Channel 10's done with the television rights after this year, but um, Channel 7 have said they won't run for it uh, because Tabba, bring in a new model i think they're trying to hand off the rights i think channel nine are probably the most likely to get it um but apparently complaints have been it's going to be very much gambling orientated which i don't think i really agree with for cup week i think that is the one week that really should be focused on the horses themselves not as much the betting 
um, because it sort of is the one week that separates itself from, you know, the, the betting atmosphere. It's our premier week. So that was a bit concerning to hear that. Um, I mean, if look, people that listen to this show probably watch racing.com, I, that's what I'll always recommend um, for if you're watching the races for Cup Week. That is by far the best television network. I think they provide the best analysis. And um, that's a free advertisement, by the way. I'm not, I haven't been paid to say that, but because um, there was a lot of confusion about, you know, Channel 10 with their Cup coverage, a lot of, I suppose, anger with how poor it was. But uh, yeah, that's something that certainly um the vrc need to look into with how they broadcast the biggest week we've got yeah 100 I, I personally i didn't see any of the channel 10 coverage but uh i watched it on racing.com just streaming it on my computer and you know their coverage was fantastic they give you a great insight um you know it's all racing related you don't get the bullshit interviews that you know, no one wants to see, and you've got people who do know what they're talking about. Um, in comparison to what I what I heard on Channel Ten was that, you know, they've just got a lot of people that aren't racing people in to do the coverage. Yeah, a lot of celebrities appearances and um, you know interviews and stuff, and them handing out tips and, and stuff like that. And you can tell they've got no idea. And I remember Todd Gurley, um, he's an ex NFL running back, uh, very good player in the NFL, but they interviewed him in, on Thousand Guineas and they asked him for a tip. And he forgot it. And I thought, this is exactly what you do not want. This is just makes the coverage look like an absolute shambles. So, um, yeah, they need whoever's got it next year certainly needs to make an effort to make it a bit more serious. And it's still a bit lighthearted because that's what the racing is. But they've got to be just getting – stop the sort of celebrity and all that rubbish. I think that's just not needed from a television point of view. Yeah, I agree. Let's talk a few, about a few winners from the uh, from the week derby. We'll start off with Stakes Day. Uh, we we spoke about without a fight, and prior to that, uh, we'll go to Stakes Day. Pride of Jenny, how good was she in the uh, Champions Mile, backing up from that Empire Rose? I thought she had no chance, and she proved us all wrong. Uh, winning in the same style, going out front, absolute peach of a ride from Declan Bates. And the rating that she ran was unbelievable. Uh, it was very close, to, um, if not better, uh, than what Mr. Brightside's peak uh, rating is. So it just goes to show that she can um, she can compete with the uh, with the best. And you know, prior to the week, who would have thought that the Empire Rose was going to be one of the best form re- uh, references for the week of racing? Exactly. Well, we potted it the week before. You know how the field had been weakened by, uh, you know. The, both the invitation, of course, the Golden Eagle, and now we end up getting Pride of Jenny winning, super performance from her. And then, of course, we also had a tissue, which we'll touch on later. And Deny Knowledge also came out of the race and won. So there were three winners on stakes day out of the Empire Rose. But in terms of Pride of Jenny, that was one of the better performances and better rides I think we've seen for the entire spring to get the sectionals out of that horse uh, on speed. And just continue to quick. And as you said, the rating was off the charts, as good as we've seen from uh, Mr. Bryce, like better than anything we've seen from Alligator Blood. Um, I'm really looking forward next autumn, uh, whether I'm not sure what it'll be. It might be the All Star Mile, but to see uh, who, at all of their probably their grand final appearance, which one of them will finish on top, uh, probably still would favour Mr. Brightside personally. Um, but yeah, look, it's it's a sensational meeting, uh, sensational horse and. Probably the, the surprise story, but um, probably the overall winner of the whole week. Yeah, and it's a great racing story as well, Derby, uh, with the with the reasoning behind the names of the horses. Of course, the owners, um, 
their daughter's name was Jenny and she tragically passed away not long ago. Um, hence all their horses are, um, have the name Jenny in them. And we'll move on to a tissue now, Darby. She was really impressive in the uh, champion stakes over the 2,000 metres, stepping up uh, from the 1,600 the week prior. And uh, I certainly didn't see that result coming. But, um, yeah, she was super impressive. And it just shows she can probably go on to compete in the in the bigger 2,000 metre races in the autumn now. Yeah, she was super as well, wasn't she? And, uh, I mean, we can touch on Jamie Spence and Western Blows all we want. But ultimately, I'm not sure whether she would have been beaten. She was by far the, the clear performer in that race. Um, I mean, James McDonald, he hasn't, the rate of wins that he's having at the moment is just in the, he's become just a seriously big, he always has been, obviously, but, you know, you look at his wins in Cup League, I think he had three group ones for the week or something like that, and he just gets it right in the big races, and that's why, you know, the the top horses and owners want him on their horses, and, uh, you know, it was such an impressive ride from him, and again, it's issued probably one of the better ratings of the day, so... Credit to, you know, Chris Waller and the team for getting the job done there. They're very efficient in what they do. And uh, in what was always an open race, but just shows you, you know, the horses that are coming off their grand final run, they can be a bit vulnerable in that sort of the back end of the spring. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, she was super impressive. And we'll move on to uh, Imperatriz now, Darby, who's the uh, now is the top-rated horse in Australasia. And gee, how good was she first time up the straight, 1,200 metres? And uh, obviously it was probably the most challenging run she had all prep, but it looked like she still had plenty in the locker. She did. Well, um, Bunas Notches was outstanding, I thought, running second in that race. I thought uh, he was one of the more impressive runs of the day. But, yeah, Imperatrice was super. I mean, went hard, went pretty quick early. I mean, they went at a gut-running tempo. I went tracks off of that race, and you could see how quick they were flying, but... Uh, she's just got a serious tank and I'm really looking forward to seeing where she goes in the autumn. I'd say that'll probably be it for her career. Hope for her sake. I mean, a lot of people like to see her go to Ascot, but, um, you know, she can win a lot of cash down here and and probably add to her Group 1 title. So uh, I'd certainly factor that in. But um, it was interesting, like, in Secret's been probably one of the better horses, you know, down the straight we've seen the last sort of 18 months. And I thought he was, um, she was pretty good as well. But, she wasn't at the level that Imperatrice was. I mean, and Opie Bussum, he was a bit, you know, he was almost a bit critical of his ride about the speed that he went on her, um, but it didn't matter in the end. I mean, he, he'd never won on the straight previously as a jockey, but uh, it made no difference at all. And that's six group ones for the year for Imperatrice, so a super performance. And I think you can justify the decision not going up to the Everest. She's now got three group ones for the spring, um, if I was to do my rankings of the spring, I think she'd either be one or two with it without a fight. It's between those two, and uh, yeah, it's hard to argue that she's not the best horse uh, in Australasia now. Yeah, one hundred percent. She just uh, she showed that that Everest form probably wasn't as strong as we all thought it was. Um, with uh, Bella Nipotina obviously winning the week prior in the Gig Hick Stakes, being um, think about it, who won the Everest. Um, but yeah, she was she was awesome, and she's rightfully a champion now. She's so impressive, and I would love to see them go to Royal Ascot uh, with her. I don't think they will just because of how the money that's on offer in Australia, um, and she's obviously closer to the end of her career than the start. Um, but yeah, she'd spank him over there one hundred percent. But yeah, I'd love to see him take him over, take her over, but I don't think they will. 
Uh, but yeah, she's a absolute champion, and I can't wait to see her. I wish I win. Think about it. Hopefully, all line up in the same race. Yeah, I wonder what the strategy will be. You'd imagine they might go to like the William Reed or something, because clearly she just frosts the valley. Um, maybe uh, the new market handicap. I'm not sure how she'll get weighted in that. Um, she might open her prep with the, the Lightning. We'll see. But you know, a lot of people saying she might end up going to Perth and racing in the Quokka. Um, so there's lots of options for her. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully we see her mainly in Victoria. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say my best bet would be she'd go uh, Lightning, then uh, William Reed, then TJ, third up. That would be my best uh, bet on where she goes. But, uh, yeah, it's very exciting. And, yeah, I can't wait to see her come around the autumn. Uh, But we'll move on to Newcastle now, Derby. We'll go up there for the Hunter this weekend. It's a uh, few million dollar race uh, over the 1,300 metres. It's a very open betting race. Marzu came through that Everest and the Giga Kick stakes. Um, he keys at $6 at the moment. Far too easy, $5.50. Um, he comes through the Kosciuszko. Uh, yeah, there's just so many different form lines. Obviously, IME's uh, except at the moment. I don't think she'll run. She hasn't got a jockey booked at the moment because she's also accepting the Sir Rupert Clark. She's at $7, obviously second behind Imperator's last start, so very interesting form line there. King of Sparta, uh, $8. And Opal Ridge, who also came through that, uh, comes through the invitation as well as the Kosciuszko uh, in there at $9. But Darby, I found it really hard to find a winner in this, and it's not a race that I really want to dive into from a punting perspective. Um yeah, who have you found uh, that you want to put on top in this race? No, I'd agree. I, I found it really tricky from a punting perspective. I mean, the invitation form has held up pretty well. I mean, you look at Espiona ran fourth, of course, in the champion sprint, and then Roots also got the job done last week in the hot Danish stakes up at Rose Hill. So um, I, I think it's a, it's a tricky race, as you said, with the favourite being $6. If I was going to play back anything... You know, Marzu generally performs um, his best on a on a wet on a wet deck, uh, and unfortunately, I'm looking like we're in a good surface, so it's hard to tip her with confidence. Tip uh, him with confidence. Um, looking around him, I don't mind Opal Ridge, uh, but has drawn fourteen nine dollars fifty. Can run out a good thirteen hundred. Um, so Opal Ridge each way probably might be my play. I know it was very disappointing. In the invitation, but I thought it was pretty, pretty handy in the uh, in the Kosciuszko first up. You know, front page well beaten well by front page, but um, you know, factor in the, f- the fact that I think you know things went a bit against that day, maybe fitter. Um, so could run a good race, but it's not one I'm really looking into dive into. King of Sparta is, of course, a very interesting runner um, as well. So yeah, it's a tough race, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go with the number three, King of Sparta here. I thought his last start was pretty disappointing, but I'm happy to forgive that. Uh, third up now, I don't mind up to 1300, uh, $1,300 either. Um, $8, a bit of value, as I said. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to be with him just, I guess, from an interest point of view. I, as I said, it's not a race I really want to dive into. Another bet I will be having in the race uh, as a real roughie, providing gets a start. Uh, will be the number 17 military expert, $20 at the moment. 
John Barry three goes forward. This horse, Rachel King's on board. She's on fire at the moment. Uh, but he's just been. This is his first run as a gelding. This horse, and I think uh, you know, obviously it's you know they call it the ultimate gear change. Hopefully, he picks up a few lengths. I think he can go forward that lightweight, and uh, he'll take some catching. So he's my roughy of the race. But I've got King of Sparta on top. Yeah, look, another horse I think you should, if you're going to have a bit in a race or have any multiples, I definitely think you've got to include Cole Crusher. Um, you know, the four mines aren't too bad. You know, it's only 1.6 legs behind Bella Nipatina in the Giga Kick Stakes. He's going to get forward from barrier two. He's fourth up. He's won three from five, fourth up. It's three from four over 1,300. So it ticks a lot of boxes. Already a bit of early support opened at $10 in the 650. So I don't think that's a bad bet either. Yeah, absolutely, Derby. Well, let's move down to Caulfield now. We'll start off in race seven. It's the Group 1,000 guineas over the 1,600 metres for the three-year-old fillies. And uh, at the moment, we've got the number three. Oh, no, number two, uh, Xior Valente on uh, first line of being $3.90. bit of early support for her. Now, she's looked really impressive, this preparation, winning the uh, 1,000 guineas prelude last start, Group 2 over... Uh, 1,400 metres. Uh, but the one I want to be with is the number three, Skybird. She's at $4 at the moment. She was so impressive last start, winning at Mooney Valley. Um, and she had no right to win either. It was just an absolute peach of a ride. Uh, she ran beautiful sectional times. And she's the one I want to be, be with in this race. Uh, a bit like the last uh, race, the Hunter. It's not one I want to dive into. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do have Skybird on top, and I probably will be having a bet in this race. Yeah, look, I, again, it is a tricky one. There's there's a fair few chances in it. Uh, Coa Volante, Mike Moroni reckons it's one of the best horses he's, he's ever trained, and he's trained some pretty good ones over the years. He's trained a lot of group one winners, so it's a pretty ominous word. And he's not a Mick Price. Uh, he's not a serial offender in the big call group, Mike Moroni. He genuinely is pretty quiet with his horses, so... I'll, I'll respect him, his opinion when he comes out with these sort of statements. And uh, hard to disagree with him when you look how good uh, she was uh, on Caulfield Cup Day in the 1000 Guineas Prelude. The other horse I um, am interested to see is Arctic Glamour. was really heavily fancy last start. It was disappointing, you know, in at a really short price. I think it jumped about $1.70. But before that, was absolutely flying. I mean, she won by 4.3 lengths and then 1.5 lengths. Step, the question's going to be, can she run out a good mile? Um, but I think the 950 is a pretty good price because she was going super um, before, you know, that last performance. Uh, and, you know, you can't really rule out the, the six Jolla star with Waller and J-Mac. They tend to get things right in these sort of races. But for me, it's Cole Devante on top, Cole Devante on top, and, and probably have a few dollars on Arctic Glamour. Like it, Darby. We'll go to race eight now. Group one, Sir Rupert Clark Stakes over the 1,400 metres race. Uh, over the 1,400 metres. It's a handicap race. Um, and it's pretty open at the moment. Magic time, first line of betting coming through that invitation. Um, and also straight ASA, second line of betting, $8. I'm Me, $8.50. Blake Shin booked to ride there. So I'd imagine I'm Me does come to this race. Um, but you're outside of the favourite. It's just a really open race. Uh, and it's always hard to get a gauge on these handicap races. It's not a it's not a strong field. Um but, yeah, these handicap races are always quite hard. 
Uh, Skewiff obviously winning last week um, on Oaks Day. And, yeah, it's just a really open race. Uh, the Inferno coming through um, fourth behind Imperatries as well. So lots of different form lines coming into this race. But I'm going to be with the number 11 Magic Time. Yes, she's drawn Barry 15. Uh, it's going to need a lot of luck. But she was so impressive in the invitation. And I think there's been a lot of good form lines come out of that race. Um, and I think she's a really progressive horse, fourth up, out to 1,400 metres, um, or stays at the trip. And I like the 380. I just think it, hopefully uh, Mickey D can give her a peach of a ride, and I think she'll be hard to beat. Yeah, well, she can definitely run out a good 1,400. And as you said, that form out of the invitation has held up pretty well, and she did run well. Barrier 15 is the biggest query, though. I mean, it would have been nice to have seen her draw a bit better. I think I could probably back her with some more confidence had she drawn well, but unfortunately she didn't. But just playing around, you've got, it's goodness, it's tricky. You know, how is I me good enough to run a, a really solid fourteen hundred? Uh, that's uh, you probably can answer that. I'm I'm have doubts. Um, you got Valana for Damien Oliver's drawn well. Barrier one in his last group one in Victoria could also run a really good race. And I think I'd give Chain of Lightning another go. It's now stepping up to the 1,400, which is more preferable and really loves Caulfield. So I've probably got Magic Time on top as well just because of the form lines and the fact I think she's probably, you know, in terms of who she's raced against out of compared to her opposition, she's probably a class above, aside from, of course, um, I am me, but, you know, we've got the distance query with I am me. And I don't mind Crosshaven at a bit of a price. Um, Wundermeck as well. I mean, the race is absolutely stacked, but I think it's best if I'm going to back anything, go with a favourite Magic Time, um, and I'll have a few dollars on Chain of Lightning. Like it, Dave. Let's move to their best bets for the uh, weekend now. I'm going to go to Morfittville. Uh, this horse is duly accepted, but uh, a jockey has been booked at Morfittville, so I'm going to, I imagine that um, they're going to go there. Morfaville race two, number four, Poison Chalice. He ran well on Oaks Day. I'm going to stick with him. Yep. Um, I'm going to the last of the day at Caulfield, a horse that's been absolutely flying, was really good uh, on Mooney Valley Gold Cup evening, and that is She Dances from the Petey Moody Stable. Linda Meach retains the ride, should get forward from Barrier 9. Um... Yeah, and the ratings uh, she ran last start were excellent. Um, and she continues to, she gets forward and tends to continue to gain in her lead. Um, look, Queen of the Ball was really impressive, obviously, on, on Dar- Derby Day. Uh, but I think she's probably a little bit above her level. Um, so I'm going to stick with She Dances uh, in that race at a, at a good 280 we're getting. Let's move on to the $100 challenge now, Derby. Uh, my $100 this week, I'm going to uh, put our best bets together, mate. I'm going to go uh, Poison Chalice the win into She Dances uh, the win. Uh, I'm not sure what price we're getting, but, uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm spending my 100 bucks on. I'm putting it all on that. Yeah, well, we need a big get-out, aren't we? I'm going similar. I'm going to race for a Caulfield. Uh, Saltier from the John O'Shea stables. Been... Uh, running, racing well the last couple of starts has run second, and I think he's going to uh, prefer the 1,200 to the 1,100. Um, you're getting 350 there, and I'm also adding that with She Dances. Both in the win, you're getting about 10 bucks. So if that gets up, that would be a, a good get-out stakes and $100 challenge, and we need it desperately. Yeah, mine's paying roughly around $6. So hopefully we can both get out this weekend, Derby, have a big win. 
Punters, thanks for tuning into the podcast again. Really appreciate the support. Hasn't been the spring we wanted, but hopefully we can finish with a bang. Uh, Once again, hopefully we've found some winners. And remember, punters, get on and hang on.